0: Now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam.
1: Good morning, Lena.
0: Happy Friday. (laughs) Long week, huh?
1: Ah, yes. (laughs) Very long.
0: (laughs) All right. Let's get to it. Uh, Time is just slipping through our fingers. It started and then it ended. The Youth Olympics. We're going to start out there. This is our first keyword of the day.
1: Youth Olympics ends.
0: So the 2024 Kangwon Winter Youth Olympics has wrapped up with a big celebration after a 14-day run. 80 countries participating, a lot of happy faces, eventful. Uh, how how did the event go? Uh,
1: it seemed to go quite well. Uh, uh, the organizers and uh, the overall consensus is that it was uh, pretty successful. It was the first Winter Youth Olympics held in Asia, and it was also Uh, the biggest ever in scale, with over uh, 1,800 athletes from 78 countries participating. Now, the event in Camong province attracted twice as many uh, people as expected, with 500,000 spectators as well. So that was some good news. Now, there were worries worries about the Games uh, beforehand because of a virus outbreak uh, right before it started, and extreme weather as well, including heavy snow and very cold temperatures. Uh, Yes, but the event was deemed to be a success. The Khamon Province Governor, Kim Jin Tae, thanked the 7,000 people behind the scenes who helped, uh, especially during the tough weather. He also appreciated the fast response and support from the South Korean government and several agencies, which was uh, crucial for the game's success. Now, Team Korea placed third overall on the medal table, winning seven gold, six silver, and four bronze. Italy won the overall competition, not China, surprisingly, uh, mm. followed by Germany. Now, the International Olympic Committee does not rank countries after the Youth Olympics, so it doesn't go into the overall world standings. It focuses more on uh, participation and experience over medals. But of course, we might see some of these young athletes in the uh, main Olympics uh, in the years to come. So uh some faces new faces to watch out for now the next winter youth olympics will be held in 2028 with the location yet to be determined so i think there'll be fierce bidding happening to try and host the next event
0: All right, we'll leave it there for now so we can move on to our second keyword today, the strained medical sector. We've alluded to and we've talked about it on the show several times, too. Instances where ERs are short of staff, that you're left with sending critical patients around to different hospitals. That shouldn't happen by the book. So our second keyword of the day.
1: Rural doctors.
0: So the health ministry has unveiled a set of plans to help address a shortage of doctors, especially in rural areas and essential fields. Run us through the details of the plan.
1: Right. So the government is going to help doctors with uh, money for school and living if those doctors agree to work in certain areas for a uh, specific period of time. They're also going to spend more than 10 trillion won by the year 2028 to make sure doctors in important health areas get paid more as well. Now, the essential areas include transplant operations and paediatric surgeries. So The government is trying to make them a bit more lucrative so that there are more doctors uh, attracted to those fields. Additionally, Korea will institute a safety net to limit doctors' criminal liability in cases of malpractice, especially because of these uh, highly essential fields. They tend to be a bit more high risk as well. So uh, it does leave room for a bit more uh, malpractice or not, malpractice is a bit of a, a, a strong word but maybe accidents uh, yeah, in operations accidents, right, and yeah. surgeries yeah so they're uh, making them a little bit less liable in those cases now the same of course to allow healthcare professionals to prioritize emergency treatments while ensuring swift compensation uh, for patients The government also wants to stop doctors from charging patients for some treatments that aren't covered uh, by health insurance. Uh, The plan came amid the legal burdens faced by doctors practicing in vital areas, prompting many to shift their careers to non-essential areas, mostly in kind of cosmetics uh, and beauty and plastic surgery and things like that. Uh, Now, the government also wants to make sure that more students from areas outside the big cities can uh, can become doctors, so they're Going to allow more students from these areas into medical schools, this whole issue of medical school quotas, mm. which has been a bit of a controversial and touchy subject, uh, especially uh, causing tensions between the government and doctors groups. Uh, President Yoon said he will support the expansion of medical personnel to address the shortage of healthcare providers in remote areas. Uh, Doctors have protested the plan, saying the government should instead explore ways to better allocate physicians and boost their compensation. Now, the government is likely to announce the possible increase in the medical school uh, enrollment quota as early as next week. Now, the government also wants to change the rules about who can do certain beauty treatments as well, like Botox or laser treatments, possibly letting trained nurses do them. Uh, Instead.
0: Mm. All right. So it's not the end of it, because as you've alluded to, um, expanding the admissions quota is only the beginning of the conversation. How do you keep certain essential medical fields attractive to these young uh, doctors in training? That becomes a key part of the question. That's where the controversy lies, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, of course, uh, there's a lot of areas, these high risk areas that a lot of uh, aspiring doctors and existing doctors, for that matter, What to try and avoid because, of course, they do pose more risks. They do tend Mm. to be held a bit more liable Mm. and the pay isn't enough uh, Mm. to Mm. value or validate those risks. So, of course, that's what the government is addressing. And they feel there is a need to kind of fix that issue. Mm. Uh, so we'll have to see um, how well it plays out.
0: Okay. And our third keyword in this generation, and I know it's, it's not that fear mongering is what we aim to do, but talks of defakes, AI generated fake news, and hacking become more sophisticated. It is a threat to national security, which brings us to our third keyword of the day
1: Cybersecurity.
0: So the government has unveiled a national cybersecurity strategy aimed at a more aggressive and proactive approach to protect against cyber threats, particularly from North Korea and other hostile forces. As we've said before, it's election year and the potential there is is pretty severe. Can you tell us the details?
1: Yeah, so this comes especially amid uh, more provocations, uh, not just military ones, but uh, cyber Uh, attacks as well by North Korea. Now this strategy, uh, updated every five years, aims to shift from a tech-focused perspective to one centered on cybersecurity, so in the cyberspace. Now the plan prioritizes preemptive cyber defense, moving away from a defensive-only approach to actively identify and counter cyber threats from entities like North Korea. So basically catching out those threats early on and preventing them. Now, the strategy highlights the need for an effective response to uh, malicious cyber activities, whether it be um, stealing cryptocurrency, for example. That's become a kind of a new area of concern. Now, key goals of this plan include strengthening offensive cyber defence operations, building global cooperation mechanisms, strengthening the cyber resilience of key state infrastructure Uh, securing a lead in the competition for emerging technologies, and strengthening the nation's integrated response capabilities. So those are kind of the key five pillars of this overall plan. Now, the National Security Office, meanwhile, has criticised the previous government's cybersecurity strategy for lacking a security-focused policy direction Mm. and what it's calling its inadequate response to evolving cybersecurity threats, basically saying that they're a bit outdated.
0: All right, so trying to amp up up cybersecurity there. Let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. FEOC concerns. So senior U.S. diplomat Jose Fernandez has acknowledged the concerns raised by South Korea regarding uh, the foreign entity of concern, or FEOC, provisions under the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act. What did he have to say? That's a lot of acronyms.
1: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of acronyms. Uh, <laughs> uh, basically, it's uh, you know all about this tax subsidies right, for right. Uh, U.S. Uh, manufactured goods. Basically, now Thank he you. said he will make sure <laughs> South <laughs> Korea's concerns over the U.S. rules are taken into account. In his words, now the limiting of sources, uh, sourcing rather, of critical minerals and components for electric vehicles from China is sparking Korean companies for. Uh, calls from Korean companies for a revision of the regulations. Of course, still, Korean companies are heavily reliant uh, on China for these kind of key raw materials uh, for making uh, electric vehicles and also semiconductors as Mm -hmm. well. Now, Fernandez noted that Korea is an indispensable partner in achieving key initiatives in clean energy and climate change. He emphasized the necessity of cooperation between South Korea and the U.S. for the successful implementation of the IRA. He also reiterated the importance of diversifying the critical mineral supply chain, stating that relying on one or two countries for key raw materials, as lessons learned from the pandemic, is not viable. Now, while he mentioned that decoupling from China is not really the aim, the US seeks to reduce risks through de-risking, as he called it, and that is uh, that this approach underlines the objectives of the IRA. Now, regarding the delay in subsidies for South Korean companies, despite... Significant investments in the U.S. Fernandez mentioned that careful review is underway and he also expressed confidence that bipartisan support for the IRA would ensure its continuation even in the event of a change in U.S. administration, citing the significant economic impact expected from the IRA's investments. So. Any hopes that maybe Korean companies had of the IRA kind of disappearing altogether, uh, of course, is out the window now. It seems that uh, the Biden administration is pretty adamant of keeping the IRA in place. Uh, So that's why the Korean companies are kind of resorting to kind of calling for a kind of a revision or amendment to it so that it doesn't affect them too much. Mm. Now. Uh, Fernandez also said the United States has encouraged South Korea to allow all stakeholders to have time to offer feedback on Seoul's proposed rules designed to tighten oversight over market-dominant online platform businesses to ensure fair competition. Uh, U.S. business circles have publicly opposed Seoul's push for the legislation amid speculation it could affect U.S. online operators uh, including apple and google this is another kind of controversial issue i won't dive into too much of the details but it's basically trying to uh, spur fair competition here in korea mm. when it comes to online platform companies and trying to um uh, alleviate kind of the monopolies or the dominant market presence that these uh, US tech giants have, for example, when operating here in Korea, not just in terms of online platforms, uh, but as uh, streaming platforms as well, internet services mm. for that matter as mm. well. And um, the use of, you know, the broad, what do you call it? The, uh, the bandwidth or uh, of um, data and, things like that. I'm getting we, too technical. We but. sound absolutely <laughs> eloquent, but the idea being
0: you're right. The core, core focus of that is to ensure that there there's fair trade practice, right? I mean, coming in uh, with the monstrous size and scale and influence, they should be held accountable. And as for the Inflation Reduction Act, look at the name, the IRA is an act, which means you can amend the law. You can't just scrap it. I don't think realistically (laughs) that was even in the books. It was just hopeful commentary for us. In the initial
1: stages, there were calls for a scrapping, but of course it is now well in place. And so, yeah, I think (laughs) uh, amendments are something that's sought after now.
0: And loss can be amended, so how about that? Let's move on to our final keyword of the day. Exports rise. So Korea's export numbers jumped for the fourth consecutive month in January on strong recovery of chip exports. What's the latest and how do we make better sense of these numbers?
1: Yeah, so trade ministry data shows that Korea's exports jumped 18% from a year ago in January to $54.7 Uh, Dollars, this is the first time in 20 months since since that uh, monthly exports recorded double-digit growth. Some good news in terms of the export front. Imports fell uh, just at 8% to just over $54 billion, resulting in a trade surplus of $300 million. Now, export growth was driven primarily by a rebound in chip exports and solid automobile and machinery exports cars have been doing quite well in terms of outbound shipments Uh, exports overall increased for 13 of the country's 15 leading export items in january semiconductor exports surged over 56 percent to about nine billion dollars last month that's the biggest rise in six years and continuing gains for the third straight month automobile exports increased for the 19th consecutive month uh, so even in terms of the peak of the kind of economic slowdown car exports have been doing uh, quite well it reached the record 6.2 billion dollars in january up about 25 percent from a year ago now by region shipments to china rose for the first time in 20 months to reach 10.7 billion dollars that's up about 16 percent from a year ago Uh, exports to the U.S. jumped about 27 percent to 10.2 billion dollars, continuing a six-month growth uh, streak. Now, interestingly, Korean exports to the U.S. had exceeded shipments to China for the first time in two decades last December, Mm. but China regained its position as Korea's largest exporter uh, in January. Of course, there were some uh, concerns that maybe Korea's Uh, economic ties with China was kind of deteriorating uh, Mm -hmm. because China is, you know, trying to be a bit more self-reliant and not get as many imports as it used to. But we can see the data that actually uh, Korean exports to China actually overtook the U.S. uh, again Mm. uh, for the first time in a long time.
0: Thank you very much, Adam, for a week's worth of coverage. What a week for you. Have a restful (laughs) weekend.
1: (laughs) Thank you very much. Hope you do too. We'll see you next week.
0: See you next week.